Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. Yeah! Welcome to uh, Studio B. We're back in Studio B. I'm so excited to be here. We are. And I'm here with Pastor Nick. We are. That's right. That's right. Wow. No, it's, a, it's a good day. Praise God. Um, welcome to Christians with Torah. If this is your first time, do me a favor. And go ahead and like and subscribe, whatever platform you're on with this. And then at the end, if you could review it for us, that would be even better. Uh, share it with all your friends. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Because what we're trying to do is get the word out, right? That Yeshua is in the Torah, right? That we can find God's teachings and instructions. That's right. And his son and redemption in the Torah. And there's nothing to be afraid of. It's good. Teachings and instructions. Nothing to be afraid of. And instructions so, for today. <clears throat> we, uh, we have some cool things coming up uh, in the month of August. We're... Coming to the end of July, right? And uh, at the very beginning of August, we have uh, August 2nd on a Monday night at 7 p.m. Rabbi Jeremy Gimpel, all the way from Judea. So 6,000 miles, he's coming over. And boom, he's going to come and hang out with us for the evening. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, we also have Avi Lipkin on August 16th, which is also a Monday night, so two weeks later. That's right. Uh, Avi Lipkin's uh, been a friend of Beit Tehila for over 20 years. Yeah. And you know what's also cool is that Avi is Aaron Lipkin's dad. So I just did an interview with Lipkin Aaron. Tours. Not too long ago, and right? you get to have an interview with the father. I might do that. We've got to do that. we got to do that. We can yeah. do that. We can do that. Wow. I agree. You're going to be busy. And if that was not enough... If that was, see, Dainu, right? That would have been enough. Oh, yeah. But no, no, no. God is blessing us even more. Lars and Narsen is coming. And he, we're going to get him for a double portion. So we're going to get him on Shabbat, That's August right. 21st, uh, for our normally uh, scheduled service at 11 a.m. That's right. And then also on the 23rd, which is Monday night. So we're going to get a double portion of Lars and Narsen here at That's Beit right. And so as normal, uh, most of this will all be on our YouTube channel that you guys can go check out. So uh, if you're not here at our home congregation and you can't physically come and be here with us, let not your heart be troubled. That's it. Amen. And so... Uh, you know, there's more. Did you know there's more announcements? Oh. I know. I know you just watch that time, you know. There is more. Clicking down. Teshuvah is coming. Teshuvah is the period on the Hebrew calendar from Elul 1 to Tishri 10, right? So the mm. month of Elul. And then the beginning of the fall feast cycle where you go through uh, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur or That's Yom right. uh, Teruah, the 10 days of all, and then Yom Kippur. And so uh, Elul, through t- Elul 1 through Tishri 10, which is August 8th That's in right. the evening through September 16th. Teshuvah means repentance. Pastor Nick just did an awesome teaching on Teshuvah this past uh, past Shabbat. And so I believe that is already up on our YouTube channel. You should go and check it out there. Yeah, it's August 8th. August 8th. Teshuvah in the evening, begins right? August 8th. Through September 16th. I think you said the 5th. August 8th hmm. in the Gregorian calendar. I may have. It's okay, though. It's okay. August 8th. Oh, you're going to get it. September 16th. I wrote August 8th, if that's any consolation. That's right. So... Without further ado, let's jump into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast. All right, let's, let's change things up. So I'm going to read first, 
and you're, then you're going to take it from there. That's cool, but let's say that today's Torah portion is Ekev, right? That's right. See, we talk so much before the podcast that sometimes we think we've said all this already. No. <laughs> no, we haven't. Ekev means the heel of or on the heel of. Right. And uh, the Torah portion is found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, starting in verse 12 and ending in chapter 11 and verse 25. Very good. Very good. It's right. So uh, I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 12 through 19. It says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of the land, thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, the increase of thy kind. Uh, which is the, the herds of cows, and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee, Thine eye shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thine heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. The great temptations which thine eye saw, and the signs, and the wonders, and the mighty hand, and the stretched out arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out, so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. And so the, blessed above all people. Yeah, blessed above all people is a good title for this section. So what are the three things um, that the Lord was going to bless if his people would keep the covenant? The womb, the land, and the livestock. That's right. Cattle so, and sheep. So he blessed the fruit of the womb, the fruit of the land, and the fruit of the livestock. So that's pretty good. Now, when you're in an agrarian society, that's... Sounds like some things that are pretty important, right? This is uh, the basis for your economy and, and all that. So this is important pieces. So chapter 7, verse 14 said this, Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. What a good promise. Amen. You know, it goes back to, and I want to make it very clear to everyone that's listening, the two things that we need to do is to hear the voice of the Lord Amen. and keep his covenant. Yes. And that's what it says right here. And we're going to talk more about this, but in, in Exodus 19.5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So you shall be above all people because you hear my voice yep. and you keep my covenant. Now, think about that. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. So check this out, Ryan. This is why people are going to be offended with us and want to persecute us. Right. Because we do stand out. Because we hear the voice of God and we do the covenant. Right. And it puts it, it puts something on the other people. Well, it puts jealousy on other people. People will see the blessing and they will be jealous. Um, right. It's just a fact of life. Uh, would there be sickness among God's people if they obeyed the covenant? No. So... What I see when I look at this is I see the Garden of Eden. I see that God is saying that if you will, will reestablish the covenant between man and God, right? If you'll reestablish it, I'm going to inch us closer to the reality that was the Garden before the fall of man. Good. And so 
the blessing of the womb, the blessing of the land, the blessing of the livestock, all of that was blessed beyond measure. Adam and Eve had everything that they could ever have dreamed of in the garden, and they blew it, right? And they say, you know, we can get mad at them, but I'm pretty sure that the next group or the next group would have, would right. have blown it, right? So it, it would have gotten blown some way, shape, or form. And so the Lord was also going to send the hornet among the enemies of Israel that hide themselves from these. So if there's enemies and they're hiding, he'll send the hornet to drive them out so that you can see them. That's good. That's pretty good. Um, I've seen, you've heard of the mur- murder hornet. Remember like before COVID right around COVID time, there was a, just a, when you thought COVID was bad, here comes uh, the hornet. up in like Washington state area. There's these giant like hornets. People were putting them on their palms. Right. And they're like covering like their you know, from end to end on their yeah. palms. I was like, that's insanity. I know that's interesting though. Yep. So the Lord, thy God was going to put out the nations little by little for his people. So he's going to be putting out. That's the bad the Gentiles. Nations. Right. Remember nations is Goy. Goyim. Right. A nation is a goy. That's correct. And the children of Israel were to burn with fire the graven images. Yeah. So it even says here, and I I think I have this verse here, in uh, the graven images of their gods ye shall burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. How many times do we want to to straddle the fence and find some way to whitewash things, right, and make them okay? Uh, I would say there's a lot of us that have a tendency to do that. And God is saying, no, 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 no. The gold, don't melt it down and keep it. Don't turn it into trinkets, right? It's like a burnt offering. Don't reuse it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Exactly. Totally consumed. And I think there's a temptation to not do that, to say, oh, well, you know, it's not a graven image anymore. But you keep that around, and let's right. just say, I'd rather have what God has blessed than what God has cursed. That's right. right. I don't want the curse around me. So, um, All right. So all right, I'll take it from here. Chapter 8. Let's go. So uh, remember God's commandments. So what other thing is man to live by besides bread? Mm, man, so bread a, is good, too. There's mm. a cool. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So go to Luke 4.4. 4. Ooh. This is quoted by Yeshua to the devil. So when the enemy came, the devil came to him and challenged him. Yeshua quoted the word. That's right. He's he didn't say, hey, you know what I think? He said, it is written. So That's check right. this out. He said, and Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. But what was the devil doing? What's the verse before that? To it to said, and the him? devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Wow. So like he's talking about sustenance, physical sustenance. Correct. Hey man, satisfy your, 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 your hunger, your passion for food. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's not what you really want. Yeah. Well, and you this is every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. So here's why I like, so this is a verse. It's a very famous bread. verse. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right. Yeah, that's a great verse. It is a great verse. But you know, this is at the beginning of chapter eight and then chapter eight actually starts like this. It says all the commandments, which I command thee this day shall, uh, shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. 
and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that. So God is showing that the, the drama, and the, the pomp and circumstance around, you know, wandering the wilderness for 40 years has a purpose. And the purpose is to learn a lesson. Now, I believe that if God is going to go through all this trouble of 40 years, allowing a generation to die off, and that the culminates in a purpose, and that the purpose being that you would learn that man does not live <coughs> by bread alone, right. but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Which is important. So that when you go over into the land, that you'll remember that even though now your hand puts the seed in the ground and the wheat grows out, and then you harvest it and you make bread, right. that God is the one that brings that increase. Right, and that is the word of God that you're that you're you're receiving. You know, something stood out to me, and I like this cross reference too. What an incredible cross reference! Anyway, it says here to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. To know what was in thine heart, and in Hebrews four twelve it says, "For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword." piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit mm -hmm. and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. So when we say to Israel, to the Jewish people, to the Knesset, to the Israeli government, hey, we're Beit Tehila, we're Christians, this is how we worship, this is our faith. Right. We would like to have a Beit Tehila in Israel. We want to practice our faith just like we're doing. And we don't have any hidden motives. Right. No. We're not going to, you know... You know, you know, we're not going to try to convert anybody. Well, and we're not saying one thing and doing another. So anyway, I thought that was interesting, you know. And so that's why, you know, what, what, what are people's intents? What's your intentions? What, 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 are, you gonna, what are you intending to do? So uh, what two things did not happen to the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness 40 years? Um, well, this is actually pretty cool. So the raiment or the clothing did not wax old and their feet did not swell. That's that supernatural act. Yeah. I'll tell no, you. No, listen, that's incredible. Imagine this, Ryan. I've got 10 people in my family. <laughs> I never have to buy shoes. Oh, praise God. Have you ever seen how much expensive sh shoes are expensive? No, Sketchers they're not cheap. That's for sure. Vans. Like, this is a piece of canvas with rubber on the bottom. What do you mean 50 bucks? <laughs> 50? That's cheap compared to what the people are buying. I'm out just there. saying. Yeah. You know, I, I got The Economist magazine, and sometimes they have advertisements in there for like leather shoes from Italy. Oh, yeah. They're like $1,000. Yeah, buddy. You better get the right size. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't see me spending $1,000 on a pair of brown dress shoes. No. But I'm just saying, wow. Yeah, I know. Now, if, if you spend $1,000 and they last you 40 years, I guess that's a good investment. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, you know, I'm doing yeah, the math. I spend more than 1000 bucks over 40 and, years in shoes. And, and I mean, so I'm anyway. only 35 years old. And let's just say I've gone through a lot of pairs of shoes. And I will tell you, I and this is actually true. I buy shoes probably every six months or a year because I literally wear holes in the bottoms of them. Yeah, well, you, you, it's not good to have bad shoes. Yeah, but art supports got to have all this. Literally, with modern technology, I'm not talking about like I just took some moccasin leather or something and stuck them on the bottom of my foot like these guys, right? I'm talking modern technology, rubber soles, you know, right. whatever. Modern not technology. cheap shoes either, and I run through them. So the following are the seven species Israel would find in the land that they could eat. We got wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. You know what I wow. love about the seven species? That's good. It reminds me of Tubi Shvat, right? You familiar with Tubi Shvat? 
to be Shvat is uh, the new year of the trees. Planting trees. And they do a Seder to celebrate this new year, which, I, yeah, I, I, we may have to do a different conversation yeah. sometime about what is to be Shvat. Right. Um, but that's the advanced class. But when I was at Hayavel, they did a Seder for Tubi Shvat, and we had everything we had was uh, grown in the land. So the dates were from the land, the right. olives. That's interesting. The wheat and the barley, they made the it's bread. It's an agricultural out of. holiday. It was awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool, you know? Awesome. Pomegranate. It's like, you know, when the oranges come in season in Florida, we can have an orange festival. <laughs> we should have an orange festival. Although with greening. Citrus and stuff. bowl. Yeah. Citrus bowl. We are to hmm. bless the Lord when we are full. So the problem is we forget. So after you eat, there's a blessing. Well, it actually says it right here. Yeah. It says, when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the food, I'm sorry, for the good land which he has given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes that I command thee this day, right? So, you know, the Jewish people have a prayer for everything. That's about being grateful is what it is. But this one is a command that says, hey, we don't... And and look, there's nothing wrong with praying before you eat. Right. However, the commandment here, what God is saying is, hey, it's a lot harder to remember God when you're satisfied. Right? That's the principle. The principle is, hey, I've got enough money. I'm not crying out to God for my provision to make the rent this month. Right. Or whatever, you know, the situation that you're in is. This is saying, hey, when you've eaten and are satisfied... Bless God and thank Him for the provision. Right. I always tell my kids, thank mommy for cooking the meal. Oh, yeah. The three things that the Lord did not want His people to forget are His commandments, judgments, and statutes. You know, uh, real simple, everybody. Just real, real simple. Uh, there's a term called Judeo Christian belief system. Right. This country was founded on Judeo Christian beliefs. And uh, David Barton is a, a gentleman that's a, a history scholar, researcher, whatever, speaker. But David Barton is, is a resource that everyone needs to, to get into his teachings, his resources, uh, because he has actual documents of a lot of these uh, founding fathers and the signers of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. He actually has some of the correspondence letters and everything with verses in it, praising God. They're not deists. Right. Some were, but not but not, not, not the majority. Uh and so uh, it says right here in Deuteronomy 8.18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. This is one of those verses that we like to stop at, you know, the comma. But, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Right. Hey, have you ever heard it preached that God gives you power to get wealth? But then, that he may establish his covenant, right? Which he swear unto thy fathers. It's like as it uh, able to do this podcast. A lot of churches are closed, and right. here we are. We have a church. We get to do a podcast because we're blessed. All the resources are from God, yeah. And we're in covenant with God. See? You know, these, as, as the Gentiles, we're in covenant with God. So let's look at this verse in context, though. It, if God gives us power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant. What does it mean to establish His covenant? So in context of wealth. How does that to be obedient to what he's asking us to do? So we're using the wealth as a tool to do God's will. Absolutely. To build the kingdom. That's right. To spread the gospel. That's right. Well, I I like that. That that's outstanding. You know, I mean, there you go. Uh, Would the Lord cause His people to perish if they were not obedient to His voice? Yes. Yes. This is not. You know, it's funny. This is not a situation where you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. Just 
darned if you don't. You know, if the pres- <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm a, I want to study hearing more because we're supposed to be quick to hear, right. slow to speak. Yeah. So that verse is for me. Now, <laughs> it really is. Seriously, <laughs> God gave us two ears and one mouth. Thank God. Think about all these things. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that if the principle is whatever you hear, you repeat, then should you be careful in what you're hearing? Yeah. So if I keep repeating myself and going over these things of teshuva and returning and the verses, and I keep saying it and I keep repeating it, hopefully people will return. Yeah. Shub. You Shub. Know. Now, if you want to stay and watch Fox News all day or yeah. or whatever it is, or if you want to just watch all the TikTok videos and listen to the audios, there's not a ro- lot of room for the Spirit of God. No. Because now you've just done tick spirit of TikTok, spirit of you know fake news whatever you're, you're listening to or whatever and now all of a sudden you have a tendency to want to even repeat it you know i heard on the news and then we go i don't believe that well you've already repeated it you listen to it so where is you know where is dr fauci at this point yeah so we have to really really buckle down and and not be caught up in this in this other voices i mean i can't stress it enough you know um, and so his voice is so important. And, and Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they obey him. That's right. Nobody can snatch them out of my hand. So why is it so important uh, to not listen to all the other voices and hear God's voice, right? As I shared, you know, Exodus 19.5, obey my voice, keep my covenant. You'll be a peculiar treasure above all people. You'll be a segula. So if you keep his covenant and hear his voice, right, it's like that precious jewel that's in his hand. Right. Not that he wears you, but you're in his hand. You're so special. You know, God is pointing us in a direction. He's saying, in this direction is blessing and joy and everlasting life and the fulfillment and satisfaction that you're seeking. Everything is over here, right? And then if you turn around and go back the other way, or to the left or the right, not good, right? So if we're listening to God's voice, then we're going to end up on the path, the that's, one that God is intended And you know, that's the thing I've noticed, Ryan, even here at Beit Tehillah, you know, a lot of people go south, or they get tutti frutti on you, and you're like, "We're maintaining the course. Yeah. We're going forward. Why are you acting like this? What yeah. are you doing?" You know. Yeah. And and they say, you know, well, the natives get restless. Church is like a bowl of cereal, the fruits, fruits flakes, flakes, and, and nuts. nuts. Yeah, I know. But it's like if we stay the course, <laughs> the joy of the journey and then the arrival. Yeah, you know? I think I'm going to start putting people in those categories. But this though. is the thing that the behavior of the people has has amazed me. Uh, how they would just drop the ball or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe they were never with us because they never continued. I mean, the Bible uh, talks about something like that, that they were never really, you know, Paul talks about this in one of his letters. You know, in the top. They left because they were really not of us. With Teshuvah in mind, right, Ezekiel 18 has been something that I've read a couple times now and talks about that for the righteous man that turns to wickedness, yeah. that, that the righteousness is not counted towards it. He takes so, no pleasure. Well, but the, and the and the wicked perishing. Correct, yeah. but but I'm saying that you could. Revelation says what it says: He who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Right. Yeah. So you're going in righteousness, but then you turn to wickedness. Well, yeah. God's going to see you as a wicked, right? You're, yeah. He's going to put you with the wicked. Yeah. If you have been wicked all your life and you turn to righteousness, guess what? God puts you with the righteous. Right. That's true. Because it's not the how you the start. Just it's like how just like in Matthew, you finish. Let's, let's do it. Why don't you go ahead and continue on in, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. God will destroy Israel's enemies. God will destroy Israel's enemies. Let's just go right into it. So was the Lord going to destroy Israel's enemies like a consuming fire? Yes. 
Yes, he was. Yes, and you go ahead and continue on in that. He was. God's going to take care of the enemies. That's right. You know, Israel is surrounded by enemies, and I realize something. They could have it a lot easier and better if they would be God's people and act like it. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they're, they're all bad or they're not no, doing it. Not. I'm just saying that God is doing everything for his name's sake. Yeah. He said, actually, let me, let me see. This is something just real quickly here, Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you. But it says right here. I thought this was interesting. It says right here in Amos. In Amos, it says this. And, I th- and even Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the former Prime Minister, said this. This is Amos 9.15. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall be, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. So the good news is they'll never be pulled up out of the land again. Yeah. This is a sign when that when he brought them back, Ryan, he would never scatter them again. Yeah. But, but you know, I saw palm readers on Ben Hood Street. You know, you yeah. see the occult, you see New Age. So gross. You see unnatural love. You see a lot of things. And you're like, gosh, Lord, this is not good. You know, I think one of the most disappointing things that I found out, even in Jerusalem, was all the trash, you know. I mean... Israel's beautiful and everything, is, yeah, but, but there's trash on the ground. And, well, the, and just like anywhere you go that's a big city, right, you can tell that there are people that don't care. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's where the disappointment comes in. Um, you know, it is no coincidence that the news media and the world <laughs> is against Israel. It's not a coincidence. I mean, look about the prince and the power of the air, right, the airwaves, the things that are sent out oh, yeah. over the oh, airwaves. It's like heaven. It's so nasty up there. And so there's no, it's not a coincidence, right? We shouldn't be right. surprised when these people have the things to say that they do. So, all right, let's keep rolling on. Let's do it. The children of Israel had to cross the Jordan in order to enter the promised land. That's true. Cross yep. over. You got to cross over. Because Abraham was the first Hebrew. The Hebrew. He used to cross over. Hebrew. Instead of the Euphrates River, he crossed over the Jordan River. That's right. And so uh, Moses is, reflects on the golden calf incident. Uh, with the children of Israel. So he's going to go through it. Before he gets to that, he actually he reminds goes through. them, yeah. Because um, they committed uh, idolatry, then they committed sexual immorality. Right. So uh, In that order. Because Baal Peor was, was the reverse. Sexual immorality turned into idolatry. Yeah. Boy, so that's something. Verses 4 and 5 in chapter 9, right before he gets into the golden calf kind of um, review, he says this. He says, Speak not thou in thine heart, after that the Lord thy God has cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of these nations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, and that he may perform the word which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So right here, God is, is saying that, hey, you know what? Sometimes you're just in the position of the useful you know, person, that God is using you as his steward, as his tool to go and do his bidding, and because his character is right and just and true and he keeps his word, he is blessing the people of Israel. But not because they were so righteous, because we just read right all the way up to this point, And we can say that, you know, we're pretty much in the same boat that they are, right? Not to mention that he's going in and reflects on the golden calf incident now for, you know, 20 verses or 15 verses or so. Um, 
even going as far as to say that you know he was on top of the mountain before the golden calf incident for 40 days and nights without food or water. So he's saying, look, I'm up on the mountain without food or water. That's, that's like a teshuva. In the presence of God. Because, yeah. And you people are down here making Well, remember, he was up there for 40 calf. days and 40 nights. So you get the original set of tablets. Yes. Right? And so, so that's a form of teshuva. And he breaks the original returning. set of tablets. And so he breaks them, and so he has to go up another 40 days and 40 nights. Right. And that's teshuva. That's right. Season. That's right. That's what they're saying. Right, when he goes back up. Right. Right. So when he comes yeah. down, it's like the Day of Atonement. Right. Which Moses interceded for the children of Israel because of the golden calf incident. Right. Um, Exodus 32. You know, that's why we have Yom Kippur today, because the place was unclean and the people. And so they have two goats. Right. One goat's offered up for the place mm-hmm. that was contaminated, because that's what they most do. He's, he wants to contaminate places and people. Yeah. And so the one scapegoat, all the sins of Israel were put on it. It was sent out to the wilderness and thrown off a cliff. And they actually found a cliff at the bottom is a bunch of goat bones. Mm. I would like to go check out that site. Yeah, yeah. Because you think, oh, look, they let the goat go. No, he's pushed off a cliff. He was like, no, <laughs> stop. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, the biggest thing that I've learned and I'm still learning is that Moses is an intercessor. We have to intercede when people do stupid things, when people don't have common sense, when people are mean to you, mm-hmm. I just right away, I just start praying and, and I don't think of revenge or what can we do to get them back or how do we get them out of here? Yeah. I actually intercede and pray, Lord, this is what happened. What do I need to do? Yeah. Because I need to do what's right. Yeah, we could all you use can't a exchange more of that. evil for evil. Yeah. Even Jesus you prays, know? right? He says, you know, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. I mean, think about it, Ryan. This is something to think about. I personally believe in God's perfect will. Yeah. I just do. Yeah. So let's tap into that. Let's let's see what God's going to do. Because if we look back on it in hindsight, because it's not 50-50 like I think it is, it's 20-20. Yeah. So I'm saying that it'd be good to look back and say, wow, I was waiting for God's perfect will. Sure. And it unfolded. And he did it. Yeah. And look what I learned. Now look what we get. Instead of birthing an Ishmael. Right. Thank you. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. So we're into chapter 10. The second set of stone tablets. Go ahead and take it. All right, so did Moses make another set of tablets for the Lord to write on? He sure did. And, you know, they were written with the finger of God. You know, and that's where we get that expression. Is that written in stone? Is that written in stone? I know, it's like John Wayne wants to come in. Is that written in stone, (laughs) pilgrim? Surely this is the Son of God. And what did Jesus do with the finger of God? He says, by the finger of God I cast out devils. That's right. Wow. <laughs> so these tablets that uh, Moses made, what was written on them? Oh, the Ten Commandments. And they were placed in the Ark. And then they were stored in the Ark. The Ark of the? Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark Mercy of the Testimony. That's it's right. a throne. It's a chariot. And yes. who, who took Aaron's place when he died? Eliezer, his son. That's right. Eliezer, the son of Aaron. And so it says here in chapter 10, verses 12 and 13... Uh, and this is kind of uh, along the same theme as last week's Torah portion. It says, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. You know, don't do what everybody else is doing. No, but, I mean, let's just look at this, right? God wants us to, to fear him, to have reverence for him, to respect him, to understand that he's all-powerful and to understand our role and our place 
in that relationship, to walk in his ways, to, to keep his commandments, right? to do the things that he's called us to do, he's asked us, to love him, right? That, to turn back to him and to love him, and through that love to serve him with all our heart and with all our soul. How do we do that? By keeping his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded us this day. And guess what? He gave us the commandments and the statutes for our own good. It's true. There's not one commandment that's going to hurt you. I mean, he says it right here, for thy good. So all of this hogwash about you know bondage and stuff like that, God gave them to us. He says it right here in the commandments. He gave it to us. Why is the Torah so good in the good. Old Testament, like in the Psalms? They praise the Torah and how wonderful it is. It's oh, yeah. like honey. It's yeah, so yeah. sweet. Exactly. It's like a my pillow. It's just so it's nice. Like a my pillow. I mean, and then all Giza of a sudden it turns into a hard rock, and I don't want it, and it's yeah. no good, and bah humbug. You know, I'm like, come on, let's be real here. Torah, Torah is teachings and instructions. That's right. So, what did God want His people to circumcise so that they would no longer be stiff-necked? The, the foreskin of their heart. So think of it like this, okay? Out of the bonus of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our heart is wicked. Yeah. So think about those areas that you would like to cut out Ooh, yeah. that you don't need Ooh. to make you a better person. That's right. So whatever it is, whatever or it what, can be. Or whatever's made you callous, Circumcised right? heart. Whatever's made you callous, you know, whatever's. Yeah, a, like a foreskin. It needs to be removed. Yeah, it needs to go away so that you can Because you, you're be cutting sensitive. the covenant. Yeah. So what's holding us back from the covenant but the circumcision? So That's we right. need to let him circumcise our hearts. My dad's a heart transplant recipient. It'll be 23 years. Wow, yeah. This That's incredible. December, December 25th on Christmas. My dad got a new heart. That's a big deal. I know. And it was from a young girl named Lacey. Yeah. And um, late teens, I believe it is. But anyway, to make a long story short, you know, my dad's like, you know, I don't want to taint this heart. I got a new heart. Oh, I don't yeah. want anything to, to, to taint this heart. Praise God. Because my dad smoked Salem cigarettes and didn't eat well and did a lot of things. Yeah. And now, you know, uh, he realized, you know, that you have to make a change in order to get a new heart. Yeah. You have to actually make a change. They test you for cigarette smoke. They test you because you won't get it. Interesting. So yeah. it's almost like you got to keep the covenant. You got to keep, you got to do something on your part yeah. to get that new heart. Come yeah. on, somebody. Interesting. I know. Interesting. And my dad, he quit cold. Wow. So God promised to execute judgment for the fatherless and the widow. Got to find out who those are. Take care of them. That's right. And it also says that God loves the stranger. God loves the stranger. You know, remember in, in 1 Kings 8, when Solomon made that prayer, Ryan, mm -hmm. he was praying to, to every man, to Israel, mm -hmm. and even to the stranger and the foreigner. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying, Pat, what I'm saying is that it's basically saying that if a stranger comes in off the street, if somebody says, hey, we want to join you, we want to share in your vision, you got to accept them that day, right then and there, for who yeah. they are, what they are, and they get the same reward, the same status. You see what I'm saying? They need to come in, and, and I think that's what's going to happen in the last days. People are just going to start coming in off the street and everything, and they're like, hey, we want to do what you guys are doing. And we're like, come on, you know, as long as you behave yourself and, you know, follow, follow us. That's a good word, isn't it? It is a good word. And so God was going to provide food and clothing for the stranger because his people were strangers in Egypt. You know, always be kind to strangers. You know, I think there's... Like, like, like let's say you're going into the mall and you got the door. Hold the door for people. Right. You know? I, I think mean, that this is an overall uh, a principle of empathy. But yeah, because people are just, they're like leery of, of, this, of, of the public sector of life. They're leery of people. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they're, they're apathy. You know, they don't well, care. And frankly, I don't think we have the same, you know, opportunity today as they did back then. So let's just say, for example, you're a stranger, right? You're traveling. You're going from one place to the next or you need a place to stay. And they know it's hot or it's treacherous or they need food and water. 
Right. So there's not there's a, no drive-throughs. Right. That's my yeah. So there's no Seven Eleven to no. stop by, no. fill up the tank. So it's called get some Middle snacks. Eastern hospitality. Right. So when you're on your way as a stranger, everybody could be a stranger at some point. And where are you going to go? You come up on a small village, like I said. Right. There's no Seven Eleven. You know, the hospitality is, the well. is part of the gig. Where's the, where's the town well? Right. So I don't believe, you know, we don't have the same opportunity that they had back then to really be loving to the stranger and, and, and be good to the stranger um, as an agrarian society was. So I'm looking at this as a principle of empathy. Put yourself in other people's shoes and right. try to do for them the thing that you would hope that someone and in that's your the catch. Sh- right. Do unto, do unto others as you would like for them to do unto that's you. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so, you know, he's going through this this list of things, you know, talking about, uh, you know, what is required of you. You know, uh, uh, he, he talks about how much he loves the patriarchs. Right. He says, you know, um, in verse 16 or 15, he says, only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them. And he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. You know, he comes through and he's uh, talking about how he's going to execute judgment for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger. And he gives us this principle of, you know, caring for the stranger and providing food and clothing. And then he, he gets here to the bottom and he says, there were 70 people, right? 70 people that went into Egypt. And 70 represents the nation. That's right. Which is kind of interesting. That's right. Because what's, what's going to come out of Egypt, but what? Ephraim. That's right. That's right. So he, he says here, thy fathers went down into Egypt with three score and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. Praise God. So what it, what happened? They the, Israel went into Egypt as a family, but they left Egypt as a nation with a mixed multitude along with them. Right. So yeah, but I mean, Mike does the math a little bit. Sure, yeah. All I'm saying is this. So here we have 70 people going down into Egypt. And over 600,000 come out over the age of 20 that are men. Now, if you had their wives and children, what was the average family? Oh, it's it's, it's crazy. Like eight kids per I mean, and some people wouldn't believe that. I believe it. When God says, I'll prosper you, I'll multiply you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about think, think well, I have this. no doubt they had tons of kids, but when you throw the mixed multitude in it, that really explains the difference. But think about this movement. See, the Hebrews of Christian faith movement needs to learn how to work together and have associations because we need to multiply. Mm-hmm. Many hands make light work. When you work together, there's nothing you can't do. Yeah. There's nothing that can't be accomplished. Right. And he gets all the glory. And then we watch each other. We help each other. You know, when I was in the Marines and we'd go on training you know, training things. Missions. Missions. I only had half a tent, bro. The other half was with somebody else. Yeah. And you had to hook up. Oh, man. So they almost make you like, hey, you know, you, you want a little lean too or you want to have a tent? <laughs> but that's just yeah. what they teach you, see? So you need yeah. each other. You yeah. Know, you watch each other's back. Yeah. So let's move on. All right. So here we are. Uh, God's Great Acts, Chapter 11. Uh, what did the younger generation see with their eyes? All the great acts of the Lord, which he did. That's right. So they saw, you know, when they were younger, all the way through, because they made it all the way from um, from Egypt all the way into the promised land. All the great point. acts of the Lord, which he did. And right. I'm seeing them. Right. 
And so the Lord was going to provide the first rain and the latter rain for his people. So they go into the land, right? God's going to provide for them when they get into the land. And God's word was to be in their heart, on their hand, and between. Heart, soul, their on their hand, and between their eyes. The tefillim and phylacteries. But I want to go back, Ryan, because I thought this was very interesting. It caught my eye as the agricultural calendar or even dealing with agriculture in Israel, because it really is an agricultural state. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that invented and founded drip irrigation. So I thought this was interesting, and I want to read uh, Deuteronomy eleven twelve, A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. Very interesting. You know, um, there's a story about in the agricultural uh, time frame of Israel that they have the, the, the barley and then the wheat. But they had a situation where I thought it was interesting that um, it says that a land which the Lord thy God careth for, the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. So anyway, you know, they, the enemy, Hamas, likes to dig tunnels into oh, yeah. Israel and yeah. create terror. Well, anyway, this story tells of a farmer who actually oh, yeah, yeah. actually harvested his wheat earlier. And when the terrorists came up out of the tunnels, they were exposed and they just took them out. Yeah. Now, this is public records. You can actually look it, look, look it up. Yep. They came in through the tunnels to bring harm to Israel. Boom, boom. There's no wheat. It's a barren field. Yeah. Well, think about it. The day before when they were checking it out, right? Right. That's true, too. They yeah. pop in their head out and they're like, oh, it's covered in wheat. We have cover. Right. And so we'll have a way to get but in But what is out. God doing? Yeah. He's looking down saying, mm. bye-bye. Nuh-uh-uh. You are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. I mean, it's outstanding. Yeah. When you see that, you're like, yeah. who wants to mess with God? Well, <coughs> you know, and, and people take these things as coincidence. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I believe the sovereign hand of the Lord is over Israel, and that when those types of things happen, those are things that are, are meant to increase our faith, to give us confidence and courage to support the will of God in the land. Man, I tell, I tell you, Ryan, it's interesting that uh, he, it, it's rain for planting and rain for harvesting, the early and latter rains. And, and it, I believe it's in uh, Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it mentions in there uh, something very interesting. It talks about that he would come to us as the early and latter rain. Yeah. So if Yeshua says, unless a grain of wheat, right, Falls to the dies falls to the ground and dies and dies. It can bear no fruit. Right. So he's almost telling you, I came in the fall, mm-hmm. and then he died at Pesach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. is the early and latter rains. Yes, he is. You know, and so I think that's very interesting. You know, uh, it's been said that in Revelation twelve, the astronomical sign that's spoken of in there about the virgin and the lion and all these things, and the, and the moon and stars under her feet is actually a true astronomical sign that was three B.C. on the Feast of Trumpets over Jerusalem, that that's when the Messiah would have been born. Mm. So it's just, we don't have his birthday. We don't know. Sure. But, you know, if the angels are, are heralding this great Messiah, remember? Yeah. To the shepherds? Right. What would you do a herald on? Yom Teruah. You would make a, a trumpet blast, a that's sound. That's true, yeah, yeah, A yeah. voice. That's true. So heart, the, 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 heart. the herald angel sing glory yes. to the newborn and, king. Uh, so, so anyway... Um, I'm going to let you take it from here. But, yeah, this is some good stuff. So yeah. we're we're, uh, we're moving along here, and I love this part of it. Did you ever hear that about the Forrest Gump gets to heaven? No. He gets to the pearly gates. You see St. Peter. And uh, 
And he says, uh, St. Peter's asking him, he says, well, I'm going to give you a quiz. You have to answer one question. What is God's name? And of course, you know, within the Hebrew roots, that's a hot topic, right? It is. What is God's name, right? What so Forrest says, Harold. And he's like, Harold? Well, that's a first. Where did you get that? He says, our Father, who art in heaven, Harold be I name. <laughs> wow. Harold. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, what do you do, you know? Oh. Uh, Sports I think guy. Harold's a better name than Karen right now. I don't know. It's I agree. Bad connotation. I agree. All right. So Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19 is kind of a repeat from the last Torah portion in chapter 6, and it says this, And ye shall teach them, your children, speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And so the next one was, What two places was the word to be written? You know, just go back to Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. You know, this is where you can have stimulating conversations. Every week I meet Friday at the table with Paul Pickern, Pastor Daniel Stahl, and yeah. Pastor Don Roan. And we talk about inspiring things and incredible things yeah. and God and ministry and stuff. And so, you know, that's what we got to get back to, Ryan, when we get together with one another and we're talking about things, you know, not frivolous things or vanity, but things that are that are exciting and important and we need to think about you know like mm-hmm. hey what's going to happen when they put something up on the temple mount you know yeah like you can start a big discussion now who's for it who's against it who's ignorant who doesn't know but but i, I think it's interesting that uh, that we bring this up and as a pastor i thank god that every situation i get in or everything i'm experiencing i can find in the word yeah every time so uh yeah go ahead well, the that, question was just what two places was the word to be written? On the doorposts of your house and on your gates, yeah. so the openings, you know, what's coming in, what's going out to yeah. remind you, Yeah. you know, and so the mezuzah is important. It's got the written word behind it. So they take it literally, Yeah. which is which makes sense. No, praise God. You know, I, uh, I look at both of these verses, you know, chapter 11, verses 19 and 20, and, you know, it's a repeat from chapter 6 um, in the Shema, and you know, we, we teach this to our children and we write it on our doorposts and we talk about it, you know, when we're sitting down, we've been rising up, when we're walking by the way. You know, the whole idea here is that the Word of God would be an intricate part of everyday life, every, you know, day conversation. That this isn't just something that we, um, you know, isolate for a, a, you know, a Shabbat or a Sunday morning or, uh, you know, Bible study time, but that the Word of God should be part of our daily walk, that when we encounter things, that it should be pragmatic, right? That I could call on the Word of God and Scripture to guide me through whatever situations that I'm encountering, whatever it might be. Like what's coming in, what's going out. Yeah, exactly. Because what happens is if you're not careful, then your place could be contaminated. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't want any of that. <coughs> and so chapter 11, verse 25 says this. It says, There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord thy God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon, as he hath said unto you. That's why a lot of people will, will persecute us and come after us, because they're, they're afraid of us. They're afraid, you know. And, uh, and, that, and that's interesting. And, and, of course, you know, Israel knows to be strong among the Arab population, because yeah. if they're not strong and they see weakness, the Arabs, they'll, they'll strike. That's why this passivity and land for peace is never going to work. Israel has to be strong and forceful yes. and do the things that they need to do. They've already proven that the wall that they built in Israel has kept down crime and well, terrorism. And, Absolutely. And there's a moral fortitude. Positively. Build that wall. <laughs> Build that wall. <laughs> there's a moral fortitude that needs to happen, right? When you have 
the scriptures on your side and you're doing the right thing and you're being above reproach, you should have no problem making decisions that the world doesn't like. Period. End of story. Because you know what? The world is wicked and they show it time and time again. While they're trying to say that they have the moral high ground, they in fact have the opposite. But it's all a trick because the enemy just twists it. He's a marketing genius, right? He right. just markets it in a way that makes people buy into it. And it really, it's, it's, it's hogwash. So, all right. Here we go. We're finishing up. What two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Ekev, on the heel of, from a consensus of Pastor Neck? Okay, I'm just finishing up here. I'm just thinking about something that would make it relevant for today. You know, why would God want to get the bad people out of the land? Yeah. Because they're bad. Yeah. It's just, you know, bad people are bad people. Now, separate the sin from the sinner, absolutely. Okay. Um, I would say this. This really just stands out to me. Hear God's voice and keep his covenant. That's, that's so an oldie me, but a goodie. Uh, I wish that we could just get on CTN. Yeah, let's the, do it. With the Torah portions every week and stuff. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, you know, God will make a way, Ryan. Oh, and the yeah. only reason why I'm saying this is because here's the deal. Christians with Torah. Think about this, everyone. We just got to get back to morals and values. You know, it's all about, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's love, respect, and unity. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that, think about this, Ryan. We, we know right now the church is not in a good place. No. The church is powerful. The gates of hell will not prevail against the called out That's ones. That's right. But I will say this, though. The church is in trouble. And there's there's some issues, there's some problems there. So yeah. and also our government is oh, not good. Man, yeah. There's just things that, that are being passed that are anti God. Easy pickings. Just bad stuff. They're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil of the Supreme Court. So what I'm telling you is this, Ryan, and this is the the great observation of studying the prophets, like I have, and I've still just only scratched the surface. So when the when the when the king is bad and the priesthood is bad, God sends in his prophet. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. But right now, we're being warned. Remember, if people yeah. say, oh, I'm the Christ, don't believe him, you know. Or, yeah, yeah. or he's over there, or he's over here, right. a type of Christ or a Messiah, don't believe him. You know, it's not true. Yeah. I'm only saying this, Ryan, because false prophets are roaming the earth. People with itching ears and, and drawing people to themselves. Yeah. we we got to draw people to God. So I believe what Beit Tehillah is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I got a little download here. I believe that we are we are Gentiles that are being called out of the nations and that we need to do our part because God's going to bring others. So some people are perplexed, like, there's something great happening here. What are you guys doing? Hey, Teshuvah, we're returning back to God. Yeah. And take it seriously. Yeah. You know, this will be the most serious Teshuvah I think I've ever done or have experienced because, boy, when you get into these prophets about returning, it is incredible. And so everything that's happening has already been foretold. Yeah. So if we're caught in social media and the culture and all these other things, you know, I mean, think about how many programs are on Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. It's endless. Endless. And, and look at the foreign films, too, as well, if you like to watch you know, indie flicks or something. I mean, it's like it's like it's endless. Yeah. But then what do you have at the end? You know, what are you going to have at the end of the day? You know, and, and I'm only saying that because we got to get back to the written prophets. The prophets have foretold what Ryan and I are sharing right now. Yes. If you so choose. That's why many will be offended, betraying hate because of this. What you and I are doing, people will be offended. Yeah. Oh, you believe that? You're doing that? Yeah, I'm doing it. And it's personal. Yeah. But then they're going to persecute us. That's right. See, it hasn't even happened. The church is shut down. Yeah. The devil wins. The church needs to be open. Yeah. I don't care how big or how small, the church needs to be open. Yeah. And we need to preach the gospel. Amen. And that's and that's just the way it is. You know, and we want the person Jesus Christ. That's right. So I'm in need of a savior. I'm in need of a Messiah. I need Jesus every day. 
the person of Jesus Christ. Because right. he's been through it all. He knows it all. I can't pull something out on him. He's experienced it all. Right. So I'm only saying that in all passion and truth because I just I just believe that we're on the verge of something great with the Lord. Yeah. I really do. Once you tap into that, there's no pulling you apart. Because once you taste of the Lord and he is good, there's just no going back. And so hearing God's voice and keep his covenant. And then I want to say this. You know, we're not supposed to judge the world. Mm. We have no right. Mm. It says don't judge the world. But yeah, we do every day. Mm-hmm. We put the world down. The world's the world. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. That's right. Right? So I say this. Don't do what the world is doing and get rid of unwise associations. Ooh, get rid of unwise associations. Just get one. rid of them. That's right. They don't need to be in your life. Yeah. I mean, time is short. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I woke up this morning. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to be get things done. Lord, what will we have me to do? Getting things planned out, doing these things. But don't do what the world is doing and get rid of unwise associations. I like it. And you have to discipline yourself for that. you got to walk away. Yeah. I've never felt better than not watching the news anymore. I thought it was like a, a way of a, an outlet or a little entertainment or whatever. You know, just watch some news. And I realized when I got done watching it, I didn't feel fulfilled. Yeah, no. I was a little perturbed. I wasn't really sure what I watched. What did they report? Yeah. Why did they bring this story up? You got 30 minutes, you're bringing this little story up. It has no relevance at all, really, to, to, to life. Yeah. But but they want to do that. They want to push their push their agendas, push their things. And I'm thinking, and then when you watch something, is that God's heart? Mm. Mm, that's interesting, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, well, when we do, we get desensitized, you know, that slowly but surely, you know, the world wears on us, and, and we're not supposed to be of the world, right? We're, we're of the world, we're not... We're in the world. We're in the world, but we're not, we're not of, of the, the world. world. Amen. And God so loved the world, He gave us what we got, but not the system. Right. So here, here's uh, here's one. Uh, God tells us to keep the commandments for our own good. Wow. So don't be stiff-necked. That's true. Don't wow. be stiff-necked, right? <laughs> um, but you know, there's so much out there that would say that the commandments of God are bondage. And, you know, even Yeshua says, right, you know, replacing, you know, or, or, or elevating above the commandments of God, the commandments of men. And we don't want to be those people, right? And uh, we, even within this movement, have to be careful to not be doing that and to be looking at things the way God looks at them uh, and, and to have mercy and grace and all of that. Um, and that's all I got. That was it. You um, know, let's close it out with this, Ryan. I think this is funny. I think this is hilarious. Like funny haha or funny? It's, it's funny bad. how the world is. Okay. So Ben and Jerry's ice cream, oh, which is which is commerce. It's 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 product. It's it's yeah. it's food, right? Yeah. They're not going to sell ice cream in Judea and Samaria in the yeah. West Bank. What a joke! I mean, like they're an activist. This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to work. And I'm thinking, boy, that is so biased. Yeah, blatant biased because of a geographical area. You know, and and by the way, there's. At least 200,000 Arabs in Judea and Samaria. Oh, yeah. So Arabs are going to be affected, too. Yep. They can't have ice cream either. Imagine that. Yeah. Hey, I'm not occupying. This is supposed to be my land. Yeah. And I don't get Ben and Jerry's ice cream. It's you, so funny. It's crazy, but it makes national news. No, And, and I think we should talk about and it. And we, uh, we live in Florida, praise God, where our governor has said, uh, you know what? 
Uh, I guess we're going to go ahead and put you on the list of people that are pro-BDS. And we have laws on the books in the state of Florida that say that anybody that's involved with BDS and that we put them on that list, the state of There's Florida... There's repercussions. The state of Florida can't do contracts with I them. I don't know exactly the what involves. The state of Florida involves. can't purchase anything There's repercussions. From them. You know, and, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's 35 states... That have that, BDS laws, yeah. That have BDS laws. Anti-BDS laws. Anti-BDS laws. Yeah, and you know what else is cool about this? You know, people like Ben and Jerry's, there's uh, a good thing that came of this, right? I was standing in my the gas station with my son, and there's a cooler in the gas station filled with Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And it was an object lesson. I was able to look, and I was able to say, you see this? This company right here thinks it's okay to sell to all of us and all of these people, but they hate Jews so much that they won't even sell their ice cream to them. And the Arabs are affected. And, and other people, right. too. They're right. punished, too. But, but it's not just that they hate the Jews, right? Because we could push it off as just, just hating the Jews. And people could even argue, oh, well, it's ideological. It's not racist, right? Okay, whatever. What they really hate is this. They hate the Bible. They hate God. They hate his word. And they hate his land. And they hate the truth of God's word. And so I have the opportunity right there in this cooler to say, look, see this? These people... XYZ. Yeah. This is a, an, a, a, a bad activists. Well, it's just a way for us to point so out. So, what can we do? That this isn't all just smoke and mirrors. We're not just lying that people are against God, that are against whatever. This is a huge company, Unilever, which owns Ben and Jerry's and Ben and Jerry's itself. Unilever. Very large companies. And they bow the knee to these leftist activists. Whatever it is. And, and oh, no, God. maybe they just want to be activists. What about Airbnb? What happened to that? Remember when they did something? And the, oh, well, the, they reversed the, it. The backlash. Yeah, they reversed it. They, oh, they, yeah. They you cannot have an Airbnb in, in Judea and Samaria. Right. Well, and what happens... That's crazy. What happens sometimes is people get into a position of power that maybe they don't belong in, and then they make a decision on behalf of a company. Yeah. And then the company says, uh, you're fired. But you remember, Judea and Samaria has been so <laughs> hidden from tourism for so many years. Now oh, it's being opened up. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. the problem. Right. The end is near. So, is near. So, like, in 2015, we, we went into Judea and Samaria for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And now it's it's opened up. Now that people from Judea and Samaria are coming, we have products from Judea and Samaria. Yeah. Which, Come on, which benefits everyone in Judea and Samaria, including oh, the Arabs. Absolutely. You know, and it, it right, is I'm what good. it is. All right, why don't you pray us out? Father, thank you for this incredible time to come before you to get ready for Teshuva for this return. We thank you for the written prophets. We just thank you for every prophet that's written in your word, Father, that one day we're going to sit down with the great weeping prophet Jeremiah. We'll get to sit down with Isaiah and Ezekiel, uh, the, the prophet to, the, to, the, to those in captivity. And we just thank you for the written prophets. Father, I pray for the Spirit, your Holy Spirit, just bring to our remembrance this written word. And we didn't have time to get into the half Torah about where is your bill of divorce and the half Torah with Isaiah in this portion. Uh, by the way, uh, and I'm praying, Father, but it's Isaiah 49, 14 to 51, 3. There's just a great return. Yeah, and we are returning. We thank you for this. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, amen. Amen. All right. <coughs> God bless you guys. Have a great week.